I do have some breaking news. Oh. The Moon Papers have been released. <gasps> da, 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 da. What What was the answer? Uh, you can go to twitter.com and search hashtag release the moon papers to get the full story. <laughs> I just want to put that in there that they've been released. I feel like uh, if I just say the answer, it's not going to be as rewarding as going through <laughs> and reading the journey. <laughs> so go read all my tweets about the moon papers and see the conclusion to that story. <laughs> Double issue. My name's Daniel. And I'm Quinn. And this is a QA episode. Quinn's and ancillary discussions. Mm-hmm. You wrote answers to all these questions beforehand and you couldn't come up with a QA joke. What what QA <laughs> joke you got? I didn't I didn't write out the answers to all the oh. questions. Oh what? I did zero prep, so these can be all off the top of the dome. Oh man, you don't want that for me. I'll sit here for 20 minutes thinking about it, like I did when I made you sit here for 20 minutes. Instead, you'll pontificate for 20 minutes. I will. Well, I'll have one sentence to say for each of them. I like, I just made quick notes. They're not like in-depth. Yeah. So yeah. this is the, kind of our one-year celebration. <laughs> Woo! That's what it was planned for. Yeah, because we took a little break there. And getting back into things. Yeah. I didn't want to, like I mentioned the break on the uh, note, introductory note for the previous episode. But I didn't really want to get into it there. Because it didn't seem like I should do that at the beginning of an episode. <laughs> but uh, my mom died in January. And I took a little bit of time off from the show. Is part of it. And Daniel did a couple of solo episodes to fill the gap. And then we probably should have been back sooner, but laziness after that. Well, I should have done a better job keeping up. Like, I felt really bad because I missed one deadline. I was like, oh, that's fine. I'll just get it the next week. Yeah. And then as soon as I missed two deadlines, I was out of practice. Yeah. The episode the that I think is our best episode should have come out the Monday before uh my mom passed away, but uh, I was taking longer than normal to edit it because I'm a procrastinator all the time. Yeah. And then after that, the episode was like half edited for <laughs> several months before I finished it. But I'm really proud of proud of how it came out. It's one of my, I think the favorite, my favorite episode we've done. No, that episode's really good. It's amazing. Games are good, actually. They are. Um, do we want to do any catching up? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because, man, so the time that I should have spent writing, I mostly spent catching up on media, which is my excuse. So I watched and read a lot. <laughs> Give me the cliffest of notes um, so we don't get into everything. Welcome to our bonus cast, what we've been reading for the last quarter year. So the big stuff was I went and saw Pet Cemetery and Shazam as a double feature at the drive-in last night. So that was big. Uh, I watched Umbrella Academy. I'm halfway through 
creature comic book that you loaned me. I have read so much for Chapter Chaps, and we've got like three or four different book club groups getting ready to like record episodes for that. But all of them are just kind of like, like waiting till their day comes up to record. So I just read a whole lot and I'm just kind of like, I don't know, kind of ready for a couple of those. I feel like there's something else that was big. I watched a whole lot of Venture Brothers. I think that was the other thing. Oh, uh, my media stuff. Uh, can't really remember a lot of it. But recently I got the DC Universe subscription and I watched, uh, I watched see some Titans. Mm. Titans is bad. Oh. Turns out. Is it even like good bad or is it just bad? I want to finish season one to see what happens, <laughs> but it's pretty bad. It's Aww. bad. Doom Patrol is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> what else? They have a bunch of DC Nation shorts on there. And those have varying levels of quality, but I've been, been enjoying a lot of them. So even if they're bad, they're like a minute long each. So those are fun. What did I also dip into? I dipped into Teen Titans Go. Oh, yeah. Which ever watched that before? Pretty funny. Yeah. I want to watch all of those. They're so good. I want to watch the movie at some point. Oh, that's... I watched part of one episode and just wasn't really feeling it. Mm. And it might have just been that story or it might have been the mood I was in. I don't know. But I watched the trailer for the movie and I went, I'm finding a lot of this pretty funny. So <laughs> I'm going to give it another shot. And I'm glad I did because it was actually really funny. I feel like the first couple of episodes of the series were kind of rocky. I don't know. They're almost more like... Uh, pilot episodes where they're kind of trying to get the idea out and as soon as they find their character balance or like stride i feel like it just gets really even yeah so i'll probably continue on with that and i'm just trying to consume all the dc universe content i can until (laughs) the subscription's over yeah i've been trying to do i started up young justice i need to like watch that and teen titans the not comedy one for prep for our RPG stuff. I want to actually go through and watch Teen Titans. I caught it off and on, but I need to actually like see. I think I've only actually fully seen one season. Yeah, see, I thought I'd watched a lot of that, and I think I've only seen a little bit. It was back when I did not have Cartoon Network, so I was buying the DVDs after they were out, and I think I only bought the first season. Oh, man. I was big into buying uh, shows on DVD. <laughs> What I used to do was, after I got my paycheck, I put most of it in the bank, and I took, like, I don't know, like 25% in high school, and I'd drive to Borders, or Hastings. I'd drive up to Hastings and just go through their discount VHS box, like, bin, and I would just pull random, like, VHS copies of a couple episodes of an anime and just see what was good. It was usually terrible. See what was good. Not much. <laughs> nope. <laughs> so how do we want to structure this? We have questions we've written. We have questions people have uh, written. And we have uh, some questions that actually audio was sent in for. Yeah. So we've got four questions that are audio. Do we want to break those up and just do them every couple of questions? I guess. Like, Do you yeah. want to start off with Ian's first question? Hey guys, Ian here. Uh, I've got a few questions for you. 
What happened to Eugene, Quentin? What did you do to him? He appeared in a story, oh gosh, I can't even remember which episode it was in, but uh, a character referenced something that happened to Eugene, and uh, it was pretty mysterious and did not sound like a good thing. And what did you do to my precious baby? Okay, so... Eugene. What happened to Eugene? That was Ian sending in that question. Thank you, Ian. We came up with that character with Ian, part of the Swords group. Oh, yeah. And then uh, I referenced them in a story with Tree Man, is what I'm calling him, Rainbow Rainbow Ranger. I don't know. That character never had a name. (laughs) Yeah, so it was Eugene Newbie, Hotshot Newbie, to Swords, trying to prove themselves. Just know about the world from forms. What makes heroes better than normal heroes? Tries using a Hyperion Seed. Those are our notes from episode 17, Sword. And the last reference to Eugene is in my Tabula Rasa sequel. One of my Tabula Rasa sequels. <laughs> One of the many. Uh, three, three weeks ago we were attacked. It was those damn conspiracy nuts again. This time they didn't burn down everything down. This time we took care of them real good. Last time I took pity on Eugene. This time, I bet Eugene wishes I hadn't. Oh, but he can still wish that he hadn't. So that means he's still alive? Maybe. Maybe he was killed so gruesomely here that... (laughs) That he's a ghost? That Eugene wishes, like, Eugene in those moments wish he had died before this moment and died in their previous encounter. Um, I actually already know what's happening to Eugene, and... Ian will just have to tune in to find out. It's awful. I, I can't reveal what... <laughs> uh, it came to me the other day, what happened to oh. Eugene. And, okay, uh, so you actually have an answer. Yeah, no, no, no. I actually legit have it. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if this was going to come up in a question, but one of the things I find hard about our question-answer sessions at the end of different episodes yeah. is some of the obvious questions are like, well, what happens next? Or what does this mean? <laughs> And sometimes I have an idea. Sometimes I don't. But I kind of like the text to just be what it is (laughs) until it's further elaborated on in more text. Like, it feels cheap to say, like, if we had a QA and a at the end of that one, it feels cheap to say, well, Eugene died, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Or Eugene was tortured or Eugene was turned into a tree or whatever happened to Eugene. Like, if I knew... It feels weird to say that I knew. So I feel like sometimes in our Q&A sessions, I feel a bit wishy-washy. And sometimes it is because I'm (laughs) wishy-washy. But sometimes it's because I don't, I don't want to be the authority in like a weird out of, out of text moment. Right. But this time I actually do know what happened to Eugene and I can't say. (laughs) Because it will turn up sooner or later. He, you made him into a turnip? Yep. Okay. Eugene turnip. All right. Well, then we've got our first question. What was your favorite story that I wrote? Let me think about all the stories Daniel wrote. This is why you wrote down answers. This is I get why. It. <laughs> so the first this... is just read the first question as written, and then you can answer it also, instead of okay. posing it to me. Favorite of the other person's stories. I said, and this is hard, but Tabula Rasa... Me redo. Which Tabula was, Rasa one was that? So that is the one with Battle Maiden. 
fighting Ronnie Rage and she's getting her tattoos to be done. Mm-hmm. I just thought that was a really fun episode that introduced a lot of fun elements and oh, it's just cheery and thoughtful. It was hard though because uh, birthdays is right up there. Your uh, one with mittens. Okay, so I'm looking through your stories, trying to pick one out, and I notice you have a full Bison and Wisp book. Um, <laughs> you've got that one was... that says Trilogy One. <laughs> that was a pre-double issue Amy Dangerous Project idea I had. I'm just uh, perusing through your stories here, and I notice you've written five to ten books, full-length <laughs> novels, written in our uh, double-issue universe, and they're actually all up on Amazon already? Yeah, and I'm, so... I'm way behind on the... <laughs> yeah, see, I did nothing <laughs> while we were on break, except write several books. No, whenever we first started, I was like, oh, well, obviously I'm going to write these as, like, a book, so I'll just go ahead and plan out my Bison Whist stories for, like, the next six months. And then we changed our format a little bit. So it's like, oh, I guess I actually have to like think through this each time. So you really like... I'm torn between a couple right now. Oh, it's hard. Why did I write these questions? <laughs> because I knew I have a problem with the, the term, like, what's your favorite blank? Because it's very hard to choose a thing. Um, so well, let me just go over what? the thoughts in my head that are less formed than like a singular thing. I really love Cafe Infinity okay. because of how much world building and uh, just random characters you introduce <laughs> in a single story. I really like Cliffhangers because it felt like a very good setup. Mm. Did introduce a lot of characters there also, but like the, the build up to like the, the mystery. Yeah. And what was the other one I had? Underworld. I really like Underworld. Oh, yeah. That one's just fun yeah <laughs> so yeah those are my triumvirate nice oh wait no never mind if remembered is avalanche story early retirement that's my oh. number one <laughs> sorry i forgot about that one that one uh does all of those things in one story <laughs> and it's, it's my so favorite ridiculous. i forgot <laughs> turns out i do have a favorite one is that one <laughs> well so for favorite of our own stories I put retire early retirement, <laughs> but for listening to, because I had a whole lot of fun doing the voice for that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's something I can't fully comment on some of yours. Uh, oh. I don't know if I've fully listened to every one of your stories <laughs> and the final end product of it. That's fine, because I don't like listening to my own voice on some of those. Man, well, which one was it? Oh, the Grand Calamity story. My voice for one of the characters, I can't remember his name right offhand, but it sounds like Pidge from the original Voltron, and it's bad. It's not my favorite. Let's see, my favorite of my own might be the one where Michonne dies. (laughs) That was pretty good. Oh, I I really like creating the Tonks in that one story. That one was maybe the funnest one to write. Oh yeah, the one where I follow up your the sequel to the uh, Michonne one, the first Michonne one. So that was Empty Space, the one that's all a dream. That was the most fun for me to write. Which oh yeah, okay, I remember that one. Even though some of the elements or some of the story things I don't think quite worked, I just had fun doing the little dream jokes and like foreshadowing yeah. things. 
Yeah. I went, Daniel, you have all of this wrong. Oh, it's a dream. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, all of your facts here are wrong. <laughs> Why is any of this? <laughs> Which is hard. To, it was hard to know because sometimes you introduce weird continuity things and I go, oh, I go, okay, that, if I actually think about it, it works, but it, it goes, it like initially goes against the way I thought the continuity was in like what was essentially a blank space. Yeah. You just kind of make assumptions to paper over those gaps. And sometimes Daniel fills in those gaps with his own assumptions and they're wildly different from my own. (laughs) With loose crazy goo. I didn't say that right. Loose crazy glue to fill in those gaps. <laughs> Loose crazy goo. goo. Um, which is the least favorite of your own stories? See, I had trouble with this because I, the breaking out Grand Calamity story, I do not like listening to. I think mine is uh, Origins, uh, my spaceship crash one that covers like Norman Moss's Origins. Oh. I feel like it didn't add a whole lot to the universe. And I didn't like how, like, I think I kind of put it, I always put off all my work. I'm (laughs) procrastinating, (laughs) but I think I put this one off more than other things and did not, I feel like it just didn't do a whole lot. Like there's Mm. some ideas I like there, but I could have, this story could have done more to further the universe. Yeah. I think as far as just writing, my story for the follow-up, Bandage on a Broken World, uh, it's that Amy Danger story where she just comes back to Earth. It was like just a monster to write in general because I got all my facts wrong like twice. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like trying to piece in Goldstar and Cup Hands and Michonne and all of that was just really awkwardly... I don't know. The whole thing just felt like it took so much longer to write than normal. I think it seems fine reading back through it, but I can't separate all the problems I had writing it from the story now. So even the title, I'm just like, that's not a great title. Cool. Should we do any end question? Hey, Daniel, how's that wiki coming? (laughs) I don't know how that wiki's doing, actually. I don't think I've looked at it. Since we spent a lot of time one night. Let me see here. Yeah, okay, it's still up there. It's double hyphen issue dot fandom dot com slash wiki slash double oh, issue underscore God. wiki. How do we get a more usable name? Uh, I think <laughs> we put it on a domain of our own. So to answer Ian's question. No. <laughs> so we built out a lot one night. And then I think you read ways to make it better and we didn't, we started like redoing it and then we haven't worked on it much since then. Zero percent done. I like, we decided upon a format for the episodes, how, how they should look on the wiki and then we were going to start populating them and then just didn't. I mean, I should just have like one day a week where that's what I do for a couple hours. And it would eventually get done. Yeah. But. And I. Yeah. If I could get my button gear, it'd be a good, like, first thing in the morning, go add a new entry on there. Yeah. If I just did that every day, it would be built out pretty quick. But. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how it's going. Yeah. We have, we have a page for rooftops that uh, has a format. (laughs) 
And uh, I think we made the template though, so we can. Yeah, we should we should get on that. Yeah, it would be good for us to review all the stuff, anyways. So maybe maybe from here on, I'll commit to doing one a week, like breaking down an episode on the wiki. And if you do that too, we should surely be caught up at some point. Yeah. So also commit. Come on. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right uh, all right so a week we feel very seen thanks ian <laughs> all right what's our next question favorite character i think my top overall favorite character is based on a lot of different like features and requirements i think it's gonna be mittens <laughs> <laughs> and i think okay. the reason it's mittens is just he just is a wild mystery that just dropped in one time, and that's it. What were your different criteria? Uh, I mean, like, when I just think of characters, which characters come to mind first? And those were, like, Amy Dangerous and Aqualion and I'm fond of Like, those three kind of popped to mind first. Let's see, Ava Lancer, lots. I'm fond of. Northwest Sentinel. No. <laughs> I also think that because, like, Amy Dangerous has a lot of stories that she's been in, she's tied to a lot of the world lore, that she feels really weighty, whereas Mittens is just a pop-in, one-time episode character and popped out. So I feel like there's less, like, baggage to consider. Can my favorite character be Paper Woman? (laughs) (laughs) The old woman that Kate's character murdered in Cold Blood? Yeah. Yeah. I mean... Uh, I don't know. I really love a lot of the villains we made in the villains episodes. Oh, man. Well, and that Tree was... Set Reggie <laughs> might be my favorite. Really, honestly, this question is too hard to choose between. Yeah. There's too many good, good answers. I think my honest answer might be Belphegor, just because I like her... Uh, general life attitude her power set's cool i like the stories i've written with her in them like okay i think actually my favorite character might be eon oh okay because i really love doing that bit with him (laughs) (laughs) and because he has like completely overshadowed do you know who we wrote eon in response to oh yeah who is it they were a villain to the to the speedster speed dial. <laughs> well, speed dial is good. I Eon completely overshadows them. I forgot speed dial exists. <laughs> I always remember speed dial. I'm gonna have to dial it up to nine. <laughs> Ooh. What? Oh, okay. I remember. I was looking at this. Uh, our, our most comprehensive list of characters is actually our notes for the villains episode. Yeah, we go back to that one quite a bit. And I was looking at Miss Mist's villains, and I went, oh, which, "What are these?" And I think it's like her demon. Oh yeah, they're just like random letters almost. Yeah, Histerfon. <laughs> Wait, who is Histerfon? What does this mean? I just looked up like a demon name generator, and those came up. But yeah, if we ever have that uh, wiki going, um. We'll uh, we'll have an easier list of characters to follow. <laughs> it should populate a whole thing. So yeah, I That'll think I'm going be... with Eon. Nice. 
That was my other criteria, was a character I think about without looking at a list. I wanted to just get that off the dome Yeah, vibe. I think the, the most ones that pop up to me are like the Amy Dangerous, of course. Yeah. And uh, I think about the the magic team a lot. I think about John Morris and Clepsimia. Oh, yeah. I really want to do more with Clepsimia because there's so many characters I want to do more with that we haven't really de- delved into yet that I think we'll be diving into in the future with our new plans. Yeah. Do you listen to music while writing? What? I do. What kind? <laughs> I do listen to music while writing. Lots of kinds. Uh, usually, like, I just put on, like, a Pandora list of, like, alternative rock. Mm. And usually it's, like, bluesy, progressive rock. But I try to kind of mix it up depending on what kind of story I'm writing. So I can kind of align those two. So, like, maybe movie soundtracks or dubstep for, like, exciting epic stories. And then usually, like, indie music or one of those music to study to playlists on youtube if it's like a funny or like heartfelt story Mm -hmm. what about you my default writing type stuff is like ambient electronic ish type stuff that's like the most basic default (laughs) right of just like sort of chill music but sometimes i get into like what you were saying like what the story is about i did like heavy metal music with uh the battle maiden story um what was the other story where i remember doing uh different music i did like guardians of the galaxy soundtrack (laughs) for uh the i think the what the space one i did i was gonna say i put on the guardians the gown guardians of the galaxy soundtrack and other assorted kind of music of that kind Mm -hmm. a lot because it's songs i'm familiar enough but I don't sing along with. Yeah. So it's the right mix of words for me. Yeah. What else we got? We speak about inspirations of different stories sometimes. Are there more foundational inspirations that carry you through out all your stories slash this whole project? Well-phrased question, Daniel. <laughs> yes. Was that was that a question? <laughs> like my biggest inspiration for maybe this whole project is Invincible mm. by... Robert Kirkman, the guy that did Walking Dead. Okay. I didn't realize that was the same guy. Ooh, they're planning a movie? Oh, that's news from a year ago, so who knows? <laughs> um, uh, no, In- Invincible is a wonderful comic, and he builds basically this whole, this whole, oh, the comic's finished now? Oh, shoot, I'm gonna, yeah. I need to read it all now, because I, it- I was, I was caught up on it for a while, and then I just went, could not keep up any longer. I picked up a single random issue, and I, it was like the first time I cried reading a comic. And as a like very young teen, I was like, oh, comics are good, actually. That was a big inspiration, because what he's doing with that is a similar thing, except he's doing one story and creating this whole comic book world with it. And I think what struck me when I was reading that years ago was how well he did the thing of making it feel like a whole comic book world from just one thing. Yeah. Hmm. So that's my larger project inspiration. Nice. My inspiration that I carry through for as far as tone and pathos while I'm writing is that scene from, I think it's all-star Superman where he like talks somebody off a ledge 
Mm. Like that kind of empathy driven, character driven story. I've tried to kind of channel as much of that as I can. That's mm-hmm. why I think of things like Steven Universe and like Young Justice have really inspired a lot of the th- ways I think about that. Yeah. I think broader, broader brush inspirations for me. It's like Grant Morrison. Cause I like, I like it. Weird. He does weird stuff <laughs> <laughs> and I like to do weird stuff. I think in much wider strokes just mcelroy podcast kind of inspired me anyway to want to be like i want to definitely make something Mm -hmm. i didn't know what that something would be but i think that's when i first like was driven enough to start making something like a podcast and my inspiration is me because i had the idea (laughs) to i had the idea to make a book that was like a wikipedia article that you could click around on and that became in some ways, this. Okay. I think I've talked on that before. Was I like the idea of that. And we can, if we ever get around to making that wiki, <laughs> we could make basically this project into a version of that. Yeah. That just reminds me. Have you heard of SCP? Yeah. Yeah. Kate got really into that. Yeah. But it feels like that. So here's a question from our good friend of the show, John. John from Chapter Chaps? Yeah. Galaxy of Fear edition? John Fitzgerald. From Chapter Chaps. The Galaxy of Fear season. Yeah. Should be season two. What's he doing? He asks, favorite Marvel and or DC hero? Uh, I've long held Daredevil is my favorite Marvel superhero. But that was like my default as a kid. And I don't know if I've dug into whether that's still accurate. So what's yours for Marvel? Well, I'm thinking about that. So it's hard for Marvel because I feel really influenced by just whichever Marvel movie it was I watched last. Mm. But I feel like consistently, I like anything that has the Hulk in it, even if it's bad. So I think that's my answer. I think I still like Daredevil the most. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I really like the I've been reading the new Daredevil uh, as it comes out, and I've been enjoying that. I have like a gap in my knowledge. Like I was really into it, and then I just stopped uh, getting comics currently. So that's my project on Marvel Unlimited right now is to read basically the whole modern Daredevil run. So everything from like Kevin Smith and Brian Bendis forward to now where I am current. <laughs> but yeah, I will say I really like all of the mystical heroes for Marvel. Mm-hmm. So like, Thor and Doctor Strange and Hulk, and they usually get bundled up together, it seems like, in a lot of things. Mm. But I like the weirder kind of mutant magic stories. Yeah. DC? Oof. My default on DC is Batman and or The Flash. Growing up, it was Green Lantern. I really loved Green Lantern. I I don't know if that's true anymore. I am really loving the current Green Lantern comics with, uh, by Grant Morrison. (laughs) You gave me a stack of those to read. Yeah. And I have not gotten into them yet. They are great. And I cannot wait for the, uh, I think it's later this year, N.K. Jesmine uh, is writing something called Far Sector. Oh. About a young woman of color, Green Lantern, out on her own. Oh, yeah. Okay. I saw um, like a news thing about that. That looked really cool. N.K. Jemison. 
Um, yeah, it's called Far Sector, and I'm I'm waiting on that. Oh yeah, I really like the the Doom Patrol of Grant Morrison. So just Grant Morrison is my answer, <laughs> I guess. It's my favorite DC superhero. No, I was I've been binging uh, Animal Man on the DC Universe app because oh. uh, that's by him, and it's also leaving the DC Universe service. Oh. But they're they're leaving Doom Patrol on there because of the show, I believe. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, and those are really good too. So, but I don't know oh. if I would say they're my favorite characters. <laughs> I think my favorite DC hero that I can answer more stably though is Batman Beyond. Mm. Like I like the Terry McGinnis Batman, just because I don't know. I like his background of being just kind of more of a normal person that's just good and does Batman rather than. I'm a rich guy that became a ninja. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's hard to beat Batman because he's pretty good. Uh, I wanted to add on to this and I forgot to put it in our document. But who are your favorite villains from Marvel and DC? Uh, can we say least favorite because they're evil and we hate them? Uh, I think what you mean to say is villains are our favorites because they're beautiful and we want to make out with them. So the worst for me is... <laughs> Lex Luthor, because he's still 40 cakes. <laughs> that is pretty evil. I don't know. Let me see. I kind of really like, well, I like the old Joker, like the Batman the Animated Series Joker. But then I think in general, just as a character, I really like the Riddler. Mm, yeah, I do like the Riddler. Because he does bad things, but he always, I don't know. It's always making a point, or it's not just about money. I don't know. There's something fun about that. Also, Jim Carrey Riddler's great. Hmm. I, I don't like Lex Luthor, but I do want to... Did I tell the story how I didn't know why Lex Luthor was a bad guy, and I annoyed my dad when we were watching Smallville? Because <laughs> I would... Like, I think every episode, I was like, him and Clark are buddies. What does he do? The Like... <laughs> What does he do to become his nemesis? <laughs> like, how even? Does that get answered on Smallville? I didn't finish. I didn't either. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> his dad was the bad, was the worst guy for a while. Yeah. And I think it's just capitalism. Yeah. I don't know. He has a hatred for alien. Feels betrayed about... Oh, well, like, uh, I think his dad dies in an accident and he blames Superman or something. Oh. <laughs> My favorite villain. I'm trying to think of, like, all the things I can think of. Yeah. Favorite, like, villain that redeemed himself, the, the Pied Piper guy in the Flash ones. Oh, yeah, Pied Piper, the internet company. What's his name? Yeah, I think it's Pied Piper. I want to specify the Flash I like is Wally West, and I think they they... Uh, don't do well by him in the comics. I grew up in a time when I was reading comics that uh, for a while it was like Kyle Rayner is one of the Green Lanterns and Wally West is the Flash that I was actually reading. I didn't really experience much of Kyle Rayner. But I did feel betrayed when they did one of their events and they went, oh yeah, I guess Wally West is gone now. It's Barry Allen as the Flash. And, uh, oh, yeah, I guess an uh, event happened, and uh, Hal Jordan is back as Green Lantern. And I went, okay, guys. <laughs> and I was like, this is a bunch of people <laughs> that grew up with them as their Flash and Green Lantern and wanted to reinstate them. 
I yeah. feel like that's what it felt like. I was like, there's, I hate this. <laughs> it feels like a bunch of old people coming in and saying, actually, our stuff was better. So I was there for the tail end of Wally West as a Flash. I know there's been a bunch of changes since, but I was there when he had like a, a, a whole event about the death of the Flash and such. I never got into X-Men comics because I watched the TV show and loved it. And then when I tried to get into the comics, I think I went to some comic store and they're like, well, if you want the Ultimates, it's this line and it changes these storylines. But then if, if you want the good stuff, it's like the older ones. And then there's also these new ones. I don't know. There was like a lot going on whenever I tried to get into X-Men comics. I was like, I'm just gonna, <laughs> I'm just gonna step away. Cause it felt like that. Like they kept trying to bring back the characters they liked rather than just keep going. I just realized I don't know if I know of a Marvel villain really that stands out in the movies in the movies. They don't. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, I forgot because there's like Galactus. He's pretty cool. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know what villains I like. Huh? Stilt man. There's my <laughs> Marvel. Is Glider Man Marvel? No idea. Oh, that might be DC. Oh, no. Glider Man is Marvel. Where are they? Uh, let me see. Their Wikipedia says Glider Man's Uncle Glenn was murdered by Ben Parker, leading him to pursue updraft-based justice. But he was prevented from killing Uncle Ben by Slider Man, who revealed that Uncle Glenn had been hired to kill Spider-Man's Uncle Sven. That sounds terrible. The two were interrupted by a healthcare provider man who revealed that Uncle Sven had killed healthcare provider man's Uncle Ken. Albert Camus. Is he in Earth Earth 617? That's not the main universe. (laughs) So I think I heard about Glider Man was just showing up in the background of other comics. Oh, okay. I see. Play as as Spider-Man. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Is it just an universe where everything starts with a GL? I don't know. Zach, oh, you Zach know what? Snyder, man. Oh, this sounds t- like it's a parody universe. Oh, okay. okay. I forgot Thanos. Albert exists. Camus, the outsider, man. <laughs> yeah. I I like Thanos. I forgot that. I read his comic. All his comic lines are always pretty fun. I still don't like his motivation, but his space pirate background is always fun to me. Yeah. Okay. Have you made a character based on a favorite hero from Marvel or DC? Also from John. Um, all of my characters are stolen. <laughs> Amy Dangerous is pretty much lifted directly from Power Girl. Barney Steele was Iron Man, but if a car mecha- mechanic, not a super rich billionaire. Well, he didn't really do much Iron Manning, did he? He no. did the one fight, right? That's what the idea came from, though. And then, then his daughter was basically Iron Heart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that was my beginning point was like, yeah. what if Tony Stark wasn't born rich, but still did stuff? They need to be crushed under the weight of capitalism. <laughs> Pretty much. Oh, I guess uh, Havoc, or not Havoc, uh, Hawk Inspector is based on Hawkman and Hawk Girl, a comic I read around 2005 that talked about like them being like reincarnated time and time again. There was like a Hawkman and Hawk Girl in Old West times was part of their storyline, but it was like lovers souls reuniting time and time again throughout reincarnations that was kind of that idea but like a twist on it oh uh, okay i mean e just having a base in space is directly 
related to the Watchtower and Justice League. We lifted Aegis pretty much from Justice League. But I mean, every universe, has, every superhero universe has that uh, the team kind yeah. of dynamic. I do like what Marvel has done with the Avengers, where it doesn't feel like it feels like it's more loose. Like, I feel like in the cartoon and some of the comics, it's like a very structured, like, these are the Avengers and it's almost like a governmental body. And in the movies, it's like, yeah, we get together sometimes and do stuff. Uh, there was the Miss Mist, vaguely based on part of Danny the Street from Graham Morrison. Um, <laughs> Law Warrior is, of course, based off of uh, She-Hulk. <laughs> of course. Of course. Uh, kind of the, It wasn't really, but the Monstars idea is sort of related to those Frankenstein Agents of Shade. That's what I had in my head while we were doing them. That was collaborative with uh, Beth, but uh, that's the images I had in my head while we were making those. Oh, okay. It's mainly like a lot of uh, side inspiration things. Like, ooh, yeah. that's an interesting thing. Like, Amy and Barney were two things that I had thought about before the show that were like, while I was consuming media of those two characters, I was like, oh man, what if though? Yeah. Ready for another Ian question? Yeah, let's go. Are you guys still okay down there, down in Oklahoma? Um, I don't yes. know how to answer. I mean, yes. next. I'm personally okay, but I feel like Oklahoma as a state has some issues. Yeah. <laughs> we just okayed uh, upping the speed limit, having even more loosely defined laws about guns. Uh, and weed. And, and weed, that was a positive. And then we're also trying to defund all of our public education. Well, that's just a normal day in Oklahoma. <laughs> this is true. Uh, we're trying to sell off all of our prisoners to private jails, which doesn't seem good. If you privatize everything, <laughs> it doesn't matter how big the government is. We made everything work terribly. Obviously, we need to privatize it. Privatizing it made it awful. Well, we'll never know if it was privatization or... <laughs> I hate that. Yeah. 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 We elected one Democratic senator. Woo! No, wait, representative, not a senator. Oof. Oh, yeah. That would be hard. Um, yeah. Maybe one Ours, Our senators are awful. In the state one. representative, I had to choose between a libertarian and a Republican <laughs> for my local area. It's like, well, this is fun. One of our past representatives or senators became the EPA chief, and now it's becoming an energy fuel lobbyist he was the uh oklahoma state attorney general scott pruitt and what well, is that right uh, yeah, i said it so guy. confidently <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if that's what he did but no he was terrible when he was here attorney oklahoma attorney general i was correct see okay yeah no that's our claim to fame <laughs> you know what when donald trump said drain the swamp i went you know that was a good idea and then he just didn't he did the exact precise opposite. I didn't ever believe he would, because <laughs> he he is a swamp monster like Norman Moss. But you know what, Norman Moss though was more well read. So there there's some some ideas Trump said, and I went, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. But it turns out he's a big liar. Also, well, he said he'd fix the tax codes, and he fixed them so that he got more money. Yeah, and he was like, you know what, people want to hear. I'm, I want to give you the best health care ever. And then he 
has done everything to get rid of all health care. Yeah, this is the first year I've ever owed taxes, and it took my entire life savings to pay them. Yeah. So I hope this year is good. <laughs> Please support our Patreon. <laughs> but yeah. So Quentin, how do you start a story? <laughs> I really have to have like some seed that I'm starting from. So uh, by the time I'm actually writing it, uh, if I have like nothing at all and I sit down to write, my first step is usually just kind of like spitball some ideas onto the paper and just things that, because we're working from prompts here. So I start by just listing out things that might be cool that fit that prompt. And then sometimes I stumble upon something. Sometimes those ideas just have to sit in my mind for a while. Um, And then I just kind of like think on them away from the computer. And Mm. I try to like, I try to come up with the broad structure of the thing. And then once I have like actually what I want, then I start writing and then half of that's bad. (laughs) And then I can go through and find what the story actually is. Usually I try to think of where I want to end like I try to think of what is what is the action I want to describe and I try to start as close to that event as possible and then I usually write like 5 to 700 words before I find the actual story starting spot so I just cut all that out and then I've write to that end point mm-hmm. which I did for like the series overall and then it's gotten derailed a couple of times because <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's my endpoint for season one. That's what I'm working towards. And then, uh, the way we were structuring like the prompts, we got into like the first or second episode. I was like, I'm not going to be able to do it that way, <laughs> <laughs> which has been good. Like it's been good to get me out of that frame yeah. of thinking. Yeah. Has any moment given you chills so far? Um, Maybe my uh, Amy Dangerous depression story, because it was about depression. Yeah. <laughs> Wrapping up the, the trilogy with the, the Hyperion Seeds. Oh, yeah. Felt special. And probably the one where Cup Hands murders Michonne. <laughs> I was going to say Michonne died. Yeah. I think we were already on the call, and you're like, I want to like, I want you to read it one, like while we're on, so that I can hear your reaction i was just (gasps) yeah such a left turn yeah i know we just did it but the showdown i really did get chills from that one Mm, that was a good one i I feel like i had the same reaction to events that fire tiger had which is what no 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 also you did a reading with the some voices in there (laughs) (laughs) that i have i have to comment on now that uh, the first time, I don't know if any listener had this experience, but Aqualion says something to Fire Tiger, and then Fire Tiger, in a gruff voice, repeats the last words as a question. And it was exactly like a Metal Gear Solid, Solid Snake <laughs> experience where he just says, What? <laughs> like the thing you just said, like, nano machines. I was Metal just over. Gear. Yeah, yeah. I was just, oh, oh my, we're in Metal Gear Solid now. (laughs) 
my outtakes on that reading are so bad. I also scared Kate recording that because I yelled out, hands in the air, and she's like, is there somebody outside? (laughs) So I wrote this next question, and I don't know if it was as easy as I thought to answer. (laughs) I spent way too much time trying to think of this. Who is a writer that inspires you to write? I don't know. I wrote it. Who is a writer that inspires the way you write? And I think that way, I think answering that is too hard, but... I also was just going to say inspires you. I mean, comics-wise, I'm, I'm inspired by <laughs> Graham Morrison and Robert Kirkman and uh, Ed Brubaker. And probably some other ones I can't think of. See, I think writing-wise, anytime I read anything by Daniel Handler oh, slash yeah. Lemony Snicket, I'm immediately like, I want to go write 20 pages right this instant. Yeah, there's actually a moment where I finished... One of his adult books, and I wrote a thing <laughs> right after. <laughs> but I don't think in any of the double issue universe I've written anything in that voice. Uh, no. Because whenever I think about writing double issue, I think of like action movies or, or cartoons, and I don't know. So I think the only writer I can think of from that kind of thing is maybe Josh Whedon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was trying to make sure everything. I don't do it always, but I try to make sure there's like a, a a voice to the thing I'm writing. Like the the cliffhanger one was sort of in like a documentary uh, biography type style, mm-hmm. and uh, a few other ones had like a specific type of thing they were doing. But I always try to think of like how this story is being written, and I don't know what really where I get that from i think steal it from a bunch of different writers uh like the william goldman with the princess bride is written in a very structured way of like this is this is their story and i'm adding on to it and like abridging it and telling you what you've missed and my own anecdotes and that's like being mindful of whose voice is writing what in that book yeah probably helps some and they're like uh, Alan Moore does a lot of like weird stuff with his writing where this one's written as a whatever and Grant Morrison does the I keep bringing him up but uh, there is an issue of his Batman run I was reading that is just like basically a full on prose story <laughs> about the Joker <laughs> instead of being a comic I don't know what was going on with that one why it was in there but uh, it was interesting <laughs> but like doing weird different things with how how things are framed is very interesting to me. Mm. And I do get inspiration from Daniel Handler on that with the Lemony Snicket books being written in that person's voice. But yeah. What have you been reading lately? Like, uh, like as a, not just like a, what have you been reading as a writer? You know, like the different, the different text. (laughs) (laughs) Who, who, who coined that readerly text and writerly text? I don't know who coined that phrase. Roland Barthes. Oh. What writerly texts have you been reading? I've been reading Brandon Sanderson a whole lot. I've been working Mm. through Mistborn. And I really like the way he structures action scenes. Mm. The pacing of how the Mistborn fight, the Allomancers fight, and those scenes are just so quippy and fast. And I feel like I know what's going on. And then I look back at the text and it's like... He said very little. 
But I filled in a whole lot of gaps with how the action would turn out. Yeah. I need to figure out how to do that. <laughs> that reminds me of a quote from uh, Author Talk with Patrick Rothfuss, mm, the yeah. Name of the Wind guy. Have you read that one? I have not yet. Is it on? It might be on your thing, because I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to admit to a crime. Uh, um, I was about to see if it was in your books. Uh, Daniel got an illegal Kindle. and. <sighs> Um, no, uh, you should, cause I am like a uh, half of the way through and I keep not reading it and it's, it's very good. <laughs> okay. I'll check that out. It's so well written and easy to read. <laughs> I, I know that people have some problems with some of the stuff and I haven't gotten into most of what they have problems with. Cause I think some of it's in book two, but, uh, in a Google author talks, he said, uh, I get compliments on, I don't know the specifics, but I get compliments on a scene where a character uh, fights some pirates or something. And he goes, well, I, I say thank you, but also I didn't write that scene. <laughs> I, you wrote that scene. You wrote that in your head, how cool that was. Cause I wrote up to that point And then I wrote after that point, but I didn't write how cool that fight was. You did that. <laughs> and, I take a lot of inspiration from that quote of like the, I mean, this whole project is ellipses. It's uh, referencing things that didn't happen um, that become uh, like people have people that listen are going to have different ideas of what happened at the different events that we haven't uh, we've alluded to, but haven't done yet. The whole We've sketched out the history of League of Elemental Animals, but people have different ideas of the different uh, adventures Atomic Butterfly got up to. Oh, yeah. And uh, so that quote... (laughs) (laughs) That quote uh, inspires this project. (laughs) I was going to say, I also read a Discworld novel. I read Mm. Small Gods. And I pyramids. Oh, I'm sorry. I read pyramids. (laughs) I know. I know which one you (laughs) you read. I read pyramids. Small gods is the second part of that, or second story in that series. But I know Terry Pratchett has a very particular voice and has a very particular idea in the Discworld novels. But what I really liked reading in pyramids was. I mean, his the way he handles characters talking is pretty great. Just like the naturalness of how they talk to each other. But I walked away from Pyramids with... I like the way he describes things the way you'll get it, rather than trying to describe it from that world point of view. So like in my fantasy book, I try to make everything described in a way that is particular to that universe. And instead... Uh, Terry Pratchett was just like, yeah, it's like this one joke from like Monty Python. I was just, oh, yeah, you can just do that. You can just <laughs> whatever way is going to translate to your audience will is fine, too. Okay, cool. I need to read more yeah. Terry Pratchett. I thought there was something else I read recently that's been influencing me a bit. I've been reading All the Birds in the Sky by Charlie Jane Anders. Oh, yeah. And it is amazing. So go read that. <laughs> It's sort of a superhero-esque. Oh. It's like a fantasy, magical, uh, 
sci-fi world that is like layered on top of the real world kind of deals which is what comics are to me (laughs) the real world plus a bunch of magic and (laughs) sci-fi and italo calvino oh did you finally get cosmo comics no oh i just take a lot of inspiration from if on a winter's night traveler yeah (laughs) no that book is great i guess i have been thinking a lot of recently about stephen king writing Mm -hmm. because i really love how he'll take very normal things and make it scary Mm. so like i'm just trying to think of examples like like a gunslinger a car a car (laughs) hitting you comes up a lot in his works and that is a very (laughs) scary real thing a dog a dog a desert Uh, a clown undead pets (laughs) that was like the scariest thing in pet cemetery spoilers for pet cemetery if you haven't watched or read any of it in the last 20 30 years uh is just the normal things that happen before the supernatural so like like the psychological normal terrors that you just have in a day are pretty bad and then it's like oh yeah and there's some spooky stuff happening (laughs) like i didn't realize how many whole like hang-ups the mom had in her own life and how like there was this uh kind of in the background like she is going through some things and then and you have in as an adult now i'm thinking oh that plus the spooky stuff is really bad when i think when i watched pet cemetery the old like the original as a kid i was like oh well this is kind of boring and i was like oh shoot man what has been the hardest part of writing this project for you remembering all the dang characters yeah keeping our universe right yeah and you know what would help with that ian a wiki a wikipedia (laughs) man no if we ever lose that villains list we're (laughs) kind of terrible we'll have to go through and listen to them all and create a wiki oh i know i really want to to have the wiki done because it would be a rewarding thing to look at yeah so we'll work on that i think outside of just keeping stuff together for me it's just consistently writing on the project yeah it's uh doing it week by week is a pretty fast pace <laughs> yeah like even even though we had a week between the story episodes it's we were cutting it close a lot of times me usually up to the hour well i do it too i procrastinate i part of it could be solved by me not procrastinating as much i think two weeks to write a, a 1500 word story isn't too bad but uh it there's a lot because uh we even when we because so it's two weeks to write a story but we also had a week in there we had to plan in uh, our world builds and be like recording takes a substantial amount of time because we don't have to because we talk for hours and hours and then edit down <laughs> to about one <laughs> yeah when editing the stories editing the writing itself takes a while but then editing our reading of the story i feel like takes even longer uh yeah because uh, you want the right take and yeah I feel like with the in-between bits, we make mistakes, and it, I mean, it's fine. Josh, do you want to read your question? Josh just woke up. Come on, Josh. Ian read his. Are there any scenes or stories that you you have wanted to tell, but haven't found an opportunity to find, fit them in yet? Are there any that you have now missed that opportunity because the timeline no longer fits or a character has died, etc.? State your name for the record. Everyone knows me. I'm Josh. <laughs> Josh, what? Okay, 
aired the question. Answered. Josh R. Free. From last week's episode where he calculated the probabilities. (laughs) (laughs) Of rolling some dice. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, we didn't say what the odds were. (laughs) (laughs) I also meant to put in that intro... Hey, uh, I used Josh's voice here, but he's not in this episode. He just popped in for a bit. (laughs) (laughs) So it might have been surprising to people to hear you, and then you're just never there again. (laughs) But uh, did you have an answer to this question, Dean? Um, So there's kind of some normal stuff I think we've talked about. Like, I had some grand calamity stories that I I built up and I wanted to do, and now I don't know if it's a good time to fit them in. Uh, I had a character named the Rook who is thrift store Batman. And I think this isn't a good time to bring, like introduce another character in. Yeah. And I mentioned, um, uh, I wanted to do a cyber wolf story and I just haven't found an opportunity to fit them in yet, mm. but I really want to do one. I have this scene in my head for Mammon having this whole Island to himself and he has all these like demon henchmen on the island and they all have these giant guns and like amy's flying around beating them up mm-hmm. i have this whole scene in my head that's really cool and it's set to titanium which is like david Geta a singer see ya see ya and i have not figured out why <laughs> or what <laughs> happens or yeah. like how we get there or what happens after it's just a cool scene yeah. Have there, are there any ones that cannot work now so that we don't spoil featured things if they come out? I mean, Michonne's dead, so I can't do anything with him. I didn't have any ideas for him yet. You could do past things. Yeah. Um, that should, was just the first one that popped up. We should do some oldies stories. Yeah. That's a prompt we have wanted to do and then haven't done yet. I had some things planned. And I think it's spoilers if I talk too much about it, mm-hmm. but involved later stuff. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if those will work now. I mean, the one of the ones for me is I envisioned that uh, different color guy, the one from my mm. first story, Tree Jesus. Originally, I was going to have them either become a super villain or a superhero that was like super spectrum or something based on all their colors oh yeah and then it was just like the timing of when i wrote the follow-up to that was just at a time that the story went a different way (laughs) and kind of tied into her like cosmic stuff yeah that's a good one i think that's most of the ones i had okay cool bad question no it's good question (laughs) i just i can't think of one something that's gotten like ruined because of the way we're doing this it's like we're reacting to stories and world building each week. Yeah. So it's like, it's hard to get ruined too much since you kind of wait till after the week to write the next part. There was a story I had planned. There was the spaceship crash one. It was going to be about like two people guarding like the door to the multiverse or something. Oh. And I just didn't go with that story. (laughs) (laughs) For my worst story. (laughs) I know the opposite of this question there was something I just didn't even dream of happening. Like, it wasn't even a possibility. And then you brought it up, and I was like, oh, okay. Which one was That's that? That's cool. And that was your follow-up to 
Um, oh, the one that had the Tonks in it that's running. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. It's the follow-up to my spaceship one, my blank slate. Yeah. The- I murdered the Tonks character in that story. And mm-hmm. then a couple of stories later, like, all right, here's their, like, memory keeper. And I was like, oh, this is a whole new, whole new chest of opportunities opened up here. Yeah. I think at some point we're going to get into the larger space stuff and I'm ready to just go wild. Because <laughs> this is somewhat recently my eyes have been open to space can just be weird. <laughs> yeah. That's like, my favorite run so far of Green Lantern was, like, the universe gets destroyed and so they're like putting it back together. So there's this like one universe sized planet or something weird. And it's just every weird, crazy thing from the DC universe all in one place while they get things sorted out. Mm-hmm. And that whole run was just, mm, this is something I just can't fathom <laughs> each, each issue. Yeah. Is that it for our questions? Are we, did you have any, uh, more do we have one or? more from Ian R. Buck? Oh, do we? I forgot. Yeah. Let's go. And finally, my most important question is, can we have Quentin do that one voice all the time? Or should I say, Quentin, I challenge you to use Ronnie Rage's voice for all characters from now on. <laughs> well, I think, I think you're contractually obligated to use Ronnie Rage's voice from now on in all things double issue. Yep, I guess so. <laughs> I'll answer yes for Quentin. My lawyers have drafted a statement I will now read. Daniel Poole does not speak for Ronnie Rage. I will not abide his verbal contract because I am above the law. And below the law. And all around the law. But not beholden to it. Ronnie Rage out! And no, I could not do that voice for every character forever because that uh, was very taxing to do that voice (laughs) on the one i think i included the outtakes but (laughs) it was a very fun voice to do and i need to do it more and just get more into the voices in general that's a thing i've been that might be the hardest part of this project (laughs) of writing this project is recording it um getting into the voices but uh yeah this project has made me realize that i very commonly write scenes with five to six characters in them which is probably too many but i like having big talking scenes with lots of people involved and they're all saying very quick things and now that i have to read them out i'm noticing that and how often i switch between talkers and that has changed my writing significantly where i'm like oh no there's just just two people in this scene talking or uh three people but one's kind of quiet you know uh yeah because fool's Aaron was just Wolf. And I mean, that's what you have to do. We have to write not just short stories, but short stories meant to be read aloud, which is something I could be a little more conscious of because I'm not just writing a story. I'm writing a podcast thing. Yeah. But yeah. Well, I actually have one more question down here. Uh, my own question for you. What changes are coming up now for Double Issue? Well, I think first of all is... Based on when this episode comes out in relation to the last episode, we're going to be <laughs> continuing that trend and releasing bi-weekly, which yeah. in this, this case, I think means fortnightly. Dab. Um, <laughs> Yeet. Fortnightly is every two weeks. Yeah. Oh, okay. Whereas bi-weekly can be 
two different things <laughs> and we're not going to release two episodes a week sorry everyone <laughs> um but for now we're going to be switching to a fortnightly release schedule while we are working on the start of season two Woo! which our plans for at one point we would have been in by now <laughs> probably yeah. um but it's going to be i think daniel talked about it a little bit on one of his solo episodes without my permission <laughs> no um but it's going to be us going halfway putting our foot halfway into games because <laughs> we enjoyed doing that game and interesting things come out of it we are christmas and our showdown episode mm-hmm. really brought in a whole lot that i don't think we would have gotten yeah with the way we've been doing things. i think at one point i proposed this type of plan to daniel and he was not very on board and then we had the christmas episode and I don't know if we had done the showdown episode at that point, but I think just the Christmas episode was enough to convince Daniel yeah, to be on board for this format of we're still going to tell stories, but we're also going to start doing some more RPG stuff, Yeah, which we were already going to experiment more with RPG stuff. I, I still have one planned in season one is where it needs to fit because it ties up some loose ends I had in the universe which I had always meant to tie up, and then I found a game that perfectly might tie them up. <laughs> That's the great thing about games is who knows how things will turn out from them. <laughs> yeah. Maybe sometimes you discover an abusive relationship. Oh, wow, right. <laughs> Showdown. <laughs> but we're going to be fortnightly, and in addition to our Fortnite streams, we're going to be planning on Season 2, which is going to be split between more... Lo- the rpgs as mentioned and longer form stories yeah so the things we haven't been able to do in our world is uh like go deep in on a set of characters because we kind of have to flit around the universe to fill in the whole universe and so i'm hoping with season two we're doing more deep dives with sets of characters something i just realized is this will be nice for people joining in late they could just jump in on a series mm, yeah, and listen to a whole set of stories. Yeah, that'll be really fun to do. Yeah. But I don't, I don't want to give too much away about that, but expect to see, um, I don't know. <laughs> I had nothing for that. We want to do one based on Grand Calamity. That's something we want to dig into further. I don't know. Yeah, I've got like half of that series, like mini series written out. Written? Yeah. No. Or like planned. No. Daniel, you have to let me write some on them. (laughs) Oh, I thought we were doing solo arcs. I'm not writing a book, Daniel. That's why I needed to talk to you. That's why I wanted to talk to you about my thing, (laughs) because you're going to write some of my episodes in this, because they're supposed to to be longer. So you don't have to write a whole Grand Calamity book. Now you see why I got stuck. Yeah, and so well, I could help you on that one because <laughs> I need feed because it's not supposed to be like before our stories. We pick a prompt and then we go off to our own corners and come back and compare notes. Basically, yeah. These ones are going to be more collaborative. I thought Daniel uh, was on board with. <laughs> Daniel going, is real dumb. Like the first arc is supposed to be one of my making, but in that arc, Daniel will write. So it'll be kind of like a TV show. Daniel will write some of the episodes 
but I will be kind of like the showrunner for the arc. Oh. And then I'll hand off the baton to Daniel, (laughs) where I will be a writer on his series. Hopefully, if he hasn't written me out. Maybe it's a whole uh maybe it's a whole Mr. Robot on your side of the things for you direct and write all of the episodes. Nope, because I was real stuck. <laughs> good. So good. <laughs> glad good we Quentin. had gl- glad we had this conversation on air. <laughs> Me too. Um but that's what you could expect is longer form, <laughs> deep dive, more collaborative stories. And then Switching off between that and hopefully a long form uh, actual play type podcast. We're going to be playing Masks. And I think we're going to have some like rotating type cast, but hopefully it'll, it'll be constant enough with some of the characters that you can develop that those kind of relationships that are fun to develop over, uh, over an actual play where you can yeah. invest in their storylines. And then I don't know. I don't know where or how that ends and us switching to different games and stuff, but we'll see. I like to think of this podcast now as like a story exploration podcast. (laughs) Did you know this pumpkin wrapper Funko Pop has a opposable head? What? It could twist all the way around. Ah, okay. Yeah. That's opposable, right? No, opposable means like move in every direction. Yeah, like a ball joint, I think. Or like ball ball feet. It doesn't like tilt or anything. Let me see. Uh, Opposable. <laughs> Capable moving toward and touching the other digit. So it's only applicable to a thumb. Oh. Uh, <laughs> or a knee? Opposable. Oh. Capable opposable. of moving toward and touching the other other digits on the same hand. Oh, so it is just it, for hands. Yeah. That's weird. You can that rotate the head on a pumpkin wrapper Funko Pop. All the way around. It's like a better owl. Because opposable tail, does that just mean you can touch your tail to your fingers? I don't think opposable tail is a thing. Okay, it seems. it's You mean a prehensile tail. Prehensile, okay. And the pumpkin wrapper's head is also prehensile. <laughs> oh. Huh. Maybe meaning it's able to grasp or hold objects. See, what I do when I'm writing is I Google, I like use words in my story and then I Google them to make sure I have used a word right. And that's how I learn words. <laughs> and I do that with tweets. I do that on Facebook. Anytime I'm writing something, I go, let me make sure I'm using this word right. I do check cinnamons a lot to make sure it's in the right group. And then I search to make sure I spelled it right. We cannot put the link for the wiki in our show notes. Aww. We, can, we cannot link to a wiki that has nothing on it. Maybe some fans will help us fill it in. No, uh, I can't. <laughs> I mean, if they want to. I think you said it out loud. I did. I don't want to link to it, though. Censored out. I guess we can link to it. But uh, don't feel beholden if you have. Don't go to this link. <laughs> Don't click it. Don't look at this. <laughs> Don't look at our shame. But do go look at hashtag release the moon papers. Yeah, do do that. I have a recommendation this week. Sure. I usually try to search something cool to share, but I was just going to say, well, listen to Starcrawler, the band, because like I said, I just watch Pet Cemetery and they're the end credits music and they're just cool. And they hang out with Skating Polly sometimes, which is an Oklahoma band. Cool. And yeah. I'll just uh, say... 
uh, go watch SNES in excess. I'm wearing that shirt right now, so I'll go watch them on uh, Twitch. Uh, or I guess Cartridge Blowers. <laughs> that's that's the name of the channel. SNES in excess is a show on there where Matt is trying to, Matt, who's been on the show and done the Mountain episode and Amazing Richard episode. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, he's playing through all the Super Nintendo games. So go check that out. Ooh. Buy a shirt. Buy a shirt with the logo on it. Also, since this episode took me so long to edit and get up, you can go now check out Daniel on the Historical Hotties podcast. We'll have a link in the show notes, but you should be able to search your podcast app for Historical Hotties. Uh, Daniel guested on an episode, and I believe they talk about crime fighters. I haven't listened to it yet, but I it's in my queue. So go check Daniel out over there, and I hear the podcast is very good otherwise. The show art is by Lisa Prather. You can find her on Instagram.com slash Lisa Prather Art or her website, LisaPratherArt.com. And our email is show at gmail.com. We'll reply to you in a timely manner. Um, <laughs> if you have any questions, we'll use them in our next upcoming Q&A episode. Any emails you send to us are our intellectual property, so beware of that. TM, 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 TM. You can come see the dumb things I write about and tweet about on Twitter at guar, G-Y-W-A-I-R. And you can go read all about the Moon Papers on my Twitter at Pongrats. Yeah, we got we got website, we got WSU Twitter, WSU Facebook, the WordPress where I put all the stories, and our Discord. You can come talk to us, mostly yeah, Quentin, because I'm terrible at being on there. <laughs> yeah, you need to put your notifications on, because sometimes I try I to talk to you through there. Uh, yeah, if you have... You have questions any other time? Come to the episode discussion spoiler thread or just the general thread and ask questions. I think we would have more questions from Ian, except sometimes we just answer them because he asks in the, <laughs> the Discord. So go to the Discord, hang out. Um, I get notifications at least. Um, our next, uh, oh, oh, their song is Free Harmonics by the Free Harmonic Orchestra using Short Notice Creative Commons license. You can find it on freemusicarchive.com. Org, and yeah. our episode is under a Creative Commons license uh, by attribution to share alike. So you could use any part of this episode as long as you attribute us and also share it in the same manner. Yeah. Next week is a lie. The week after <laughs> will be a story episode with probably the prompt you, or maybe it's a world build. Maybe we'll do whatever we want because it's our show. <laughs> That's right. Q and A right. part two. This and may be a two parter episode anyway. Uh, probably not. Oh, okay. It's very long though. Yeah, we've recorded for a while. Quinn, turn on the your dryer again. Yep, that's the end of our notes. Goodbye. <laughs> Double issue out. That's not how we end these things. The end for now. So Ian asked, how's the wiki going? He's got, we're gonna splice these in. Ah, yeah. (laughs) But, uh, well, I was just, yeah. No, it's fine. Go ahead. Yeah. I could just cut out you saying that. Yeah. I don't have to be a dick about it. Jeez, Quint.